At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. It's Holden with Vison, and we got a look at preseason game number three. Vikings and Broncos. We've got some line moves here on Bet Rivers. Very, very interesting. Also, there's something crazy going on with the Rockies and the Mets. I haven't talked very much Rockies lately because they are so insignificant. But they go up against Jacob deGrom tonight in New York against the Mets. And I've never seen a team total as low as what we have with the Rockies. So I want to talk about that crazy line. Plus, the Mets are like minus four-something, 400 favorites in that game. It's wild. We'll take a look at the Broncos-Seahawks week one lines uh, because Drew Locke can win the week one job with a strong showing. And... I really want him to do that. I think it'll be kind of fun uh, to see that. And then the pro football guide is out here from VEASAN, the betting guide, the NFL betting guide. And uh, there's some news here on the Raiders taking a lot of money. And I want to compare the story that I see with the Raiders to some of the picks that we're seeing with the guys at VEASAN. So that'll be fun. Wes Reynolds, who wrote part of the NFL betting guide at VEASAN, He's going to join me. Uh, I'm battling ooh, so a little illness right now. Going to get through this, though, and hopefully the voice isn't too stuffy. But we will start with our preseason game. It wraps up. So we got 14 days until the season opener. Uh, I can't wait. What do we got? 18 days till our guys play here. Vikings minus 117. Broncos minus 105. So we've had some movement here. 
in this line. Vikings now point and a half favorites minus 105. Broncos plus one and a half minus 117. The total's 35 and a half. So we start with this. There has been a massive move in the line. Vikings opened um, two and a half point dogs. So plus two and a half. Now enough money has come in to where we've seen the Vikings be a favorite now at minus one and a half. So that makes me a little bit iffy if this much money is coming in early in the week. I don't think this is like a monster public game. Makes me think that a lot of sharp money came in on the Vikings, and that would be the reason why it keeps me off back in the Broncos. Uh, the total here at 35 and a half, uh, it's down and significantly from 38 and a half. Think about this for a second. There is a lot that has moved. The total has moved down three points. The Vikings are now the favorites. And you went from minus 135 to minus 105 on the Broncos money line. Tons has changed here. And again, why has that happened? Well, for me, sharp money's come in and they have found something that the rest of us have not found. So let me throw some things out at you. The Vikings, they have lost six straight preseason games. Yes, new head coach, get it, but they've lost six straight preseason games. Broncos had a five game preseason win streak snapped at Buffalo. Did the money come in because Brett Rippon is starting? That's the main position battle that we're looking at here in the third preseason game. Rippon's going to start this week. Johnson will play the second half. Now, after Rippon had that 8 for 18, 113 yards against the Cowboys, he came back last week. He looked great against the Bills uh, late in that game. 22 at 26, 191 and a touchdown. And a 110.1 rating in Buffalo. Rippon was terrific. And I really thought that Josh Johnson had just about wrapped this thing up. But what we saw out of Rippon in the second half kept this a fight. So uh, Josh Johnson so far, 24-39, two touchdowns, 96.3 QB rating. Uh, he has been, I, I would call him mediocre. And then Rippon was bad in his first game and he was terrific in his second game. So just from the standpoint here, maybe the money came in because they're not back and ripping. But it's not like the other side on the Vikings has got a great quarterback situation either. I would argue that it is worse. Now, we don't know if Nick Mullins is going to play. If Nick Mullins plays, then I like the Vikings in this game. They just traded for him, though. And Nick Mullins has had starts with the... Uh, Niners, he hasn't looked good in the regular season, but he has started 16 games for the Niners from 2018 to 2020. Okay. Uh, O'Connell's the head coach out in Minnesota. Mullins was playing in a very similar system in San Francisco. So I look at this with Mullins. I say he's making his debut with a new team against the Vikings last week. A big reason why they probably traded for him. He went 7-9, 92 yards and a touchdown. Here's why you can't lay money on this right now. Here's why I'm not going to bet it. I want to know if Mullins is playing. I think there's a legitimate shot the Broncos win this game if it's against the backups. Kellen Mond, who's looked awful, and Sean Mannion, who's not much better. Nick Mullins is capable. Neither team's going to play their starters. Maybe we see K.J. Hamler. Maybe we see Alberto. Maybe we see a couple other starters sprinkled here for a couple plays or two. But you're not going to see either team starting players so oh, with many starting players so i'll say this just to put a bow on these thoughts the money coming in on minnesota makes me not want to back the broncos but if nick mullins doesn't start okay if nick mullins doesn't start i like the broncos 
And I do think a lot of this money is coming in because Rippon is starting. And to me, it actually might be more beneficial for the Broncos because Josh Johnson would be playing in the second half against third and fourth stringers as opposed to the second and third stringers that he's been playing in the first half. So if I had to make an educated guess, the money's coming in on the Vikings because Rippon's starting. Doesn't make that much sense, but it's the most sense that I can figure out at this point, okay? We're going to fade this game right now, and then I'll probably have a play for you on Friday, which is, is that tomorrow already? Oh my God, that's tomorrow already? And if we don't have anything on Mullins, then I'm going to hold off till Saturday. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Holden Radio, and find that. All right, that was number one on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Now, number two, and take a complete left turn here, people. I'm talking baseball. Now, I'm a big playoff better. So when baseball playoffs come around, these shows are just going to be bananas. We're going to have Broncos. We're going to have the rest of the NFL. We'll have college football. And we'll have October baseball, which is amazing. But something really stood out to me today. You never see minus 435s. You just don't see it. Okay? Um, and that's what we got today. Mets against the Rockies. Jacob deGrom and Ryan Feltner. Try not to call him Randy Feltner, who was like some felt puppet. But um, the last time we saw a line like this, it was Kansas City at Toronto. And Kansas City had literally half their team out because they weren't vaxxed going to Canada. That gives me a little bit of pause. Okay? Uh, I will never back a minus 435 favorite. Scrap that. The question is, at plus 360, which you just don't see in baseball. This does not happen. You're getting over three and a half to one if you back the Rockies today. The problem with this, to back the Rockies, is they're going up against Jacob deGrom, and they're not going to be able to hit this dude. It's as simple as that. Uh, Jacob deGrom misses bats. Jacob deGrom, when he's on the mound, is the most dominating pitcher I've seen in baseball since Pedro Martinez around the turn of the century. And that's saying something. I mean, this guy is amazing. His point, he's got four starts so far. He's got a .51 whip, which means walks and hits and innings pitched. Every other inning, you're getting a base runner. One base runner. <laughs> this guy. 37 Ks and 23 in the third innings. So we can look at the K prop for Jacob deGrom. Um, for me... I would set this prop here, and I don't even see it. I don't see it on the, uh, it's got to be here, right? Yeah, I see it. Nine and a half, over nine and a half, minus 150. Under nine and a half, plus 112. Can't bet 10Ks. I just can't do it. I won't do it just about any pitcher. So that's kind of fascinating. Uh, by the way, if you don't think he gets, yeah, plus 112. Strikeouts thrown by the pitcher. Total outs thrown by the pitcher, over 18 and a half. That would mean that DeGrom would have to get into the seventh inning. We haven't seen that happen yet. I'm not saying it won't happen, uh, but they are managing his innings right now. But just back to this line, again, plus 360, minus 435. There is no way in hell that I will bet the money line there. If the Rockies win this game, this would easily be the biggest upset of the season. And I would say it would be the biggest upset in baseball this year. It's not even close. The Mets are minus 435. Why would anyone in their right mind back even a Jacob deGrom team at minus 435, given that the Blue Jays have lost as minus 400 favorites, and we're seeing these favorites consistently in the 300s? You haven't seen that. You usually don't see that till September. 
during the call-ups. We've been seeing this now for a month. I mean, it is wild, man. So I'm not doing that. I can't back a run line at minus 177 for the Mets. But I did happen. I did happen to find a couple of bets that I find interesting. First of all, first five innings. Randy Feltner is um, Ryan Feltner. Again, I keep getting Randy and Ryan. One guy's a felt puppet. The other guy is a pitcher for the Rockies. The Rockies pitcher, I mean, he's one of the worst in baseball. Uh, Mets team total over two and a half in the first five innings, minus 115. I like that one. Rock, I have never bet in under one and a half runs before in my life. I don't even think I've seen it this year. Rockies under one and a half runs at plus 130 on Bet Rivers. Hit it. Mets team total over four and a half. That's one that I'll kind of keep in my back pocket for later today. I'm going to really sit there. I'm going to wait for the lineups to come out, but my goodness. Feltner, Mets offense. The only thing to remember here, the Mets have struggled to score runs when DeGrom's on the mound. It's kind of historical. Uh, so keep that in mind, but I do like the Mets to score some runs early off Feltner. That Rockies bullpen's garbage too, so it is kind of a correlated bet with that four and a half. Then Rock's under one and a half runs at plus 130. I mean, you just can't turn the TV off because that's one swing. But the good news is, if you're backing the Mets, is that the Rockies just can't hit the ground. Nobody can hit the ground, but especially not the Rockies. I mean, <laughs> the only guy that hits the ground on this team is Randall Grichik. He's the only guy. The Rockies have a 191 batting average, a 614 OPS. That's straight up anemic. A 614 OPS against the ground. Grichik hits him well again, four of 11 with two home runs, but that's it. So best bets here. Mets team total over two and a half first five. Rockies under one and a half runs plus 130. Uh, and I think I'll be on the Mets team total over four and a half. I, again, I just think they get to uh, Feltner pretty early this week or this night, I should say. All right, that was number two on the front range four, the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's get to number three. It is the Broncos and the Seahawks. And again, this line has vacillated. Uh, I just like using the word vacillate. I think it's kind of a cool word, to be perfectly honest with you. But, you know, we saw this thing settle around four, and now it's sitting at five and a half. And like I said, you know, at some point in time, right, at some point in time, you got to look at the dog and say, how are, how are we getting five and a half points in a place that is extremely loud, if not the best home field advantage in the NFL, it's right up there. How comfortable do you feel laying that many points? As a matter of fact, I'm seeing this line at six. This thing has been bet up to six around the industry. Still, if you want to back the Broncos, Bet Rivers is the place to go. Uh, you can back them minus five at minus 124. You can back them minus five and a half at minus 118. You know, that you're buying a half point at that point. I'd take the hook. I'd take the five and a half as opposed to the five. But the line movement here has been crazy. It opened Broncos minus four. I grabbed a minus four and a half. I don't even know if I like that anymore. Five and a half is what it went up to. Then down to four. This thing just went up and down and up and down. And finally, we had five and a half, six, five and a half, six. I think you'll find this number in a lot of places. And if you want to back the Seahawks, I don't blame you. Six points is a lot as far as the money line goes. Uh, Broncos open at minus 190. 
They are now minus 250. So a ton of action coming in, backing the Denver Broncos. And I don't blame them. You know, the Broncos are just the better team. But if I stand true to my betting practices, five and a half, six points, it's tough for me not to take the home team. Russell Wilson, could they could come out. This offense could just shove it right down the Seahawks' defense's face. But let's not forget, Pete Carroll knows everything about Russell Wilson. He knows how to get to him, you would think. Um, and this will be the first game for all of you that are complaining about no preseason action for Russell Wilson. We'll see if this is the thing that really gets you going here. Because if he comes out and they struggle, really for the whole game, but maybe the first half and they're in a little bit of a hole, all you're going to hear is, oh, they should have played in the preseason, which I will reaffirm, I'm glad that he's not. You had two injuries last week in an insignificant game against Buffalo. Why even put the risk out there? Give me a break. So here's the deal. The total, 42 and a half, not touching. The spread, five and a half, I'll back the Seahawks at six. I'll back the Seahawks at six. And then the money line, we're not messing with, right? I mean, we went from minus 190 to minus 250. But right now, Bet Rivers gets this thing to six. I'm backing them. It's as simple as that. All right, that was number three in the front range four. Let's get to number four. So number four here is the AFC West report. We're going to talk Raiders here because the Raiders have the second most handle. That's just money. Second most money coming in and the second most tickets coming in at a lot of different books. Fascinating. Okay. Uh, they've got the second most handle and tickets to win the AFC. Again, I don't understand this. I think they are clearly the fourth team in the division, but I guess Derek Carr, who <laughs> I guess we found out that Tom Brady was talking about him uh, when he said, I can't believe you're staying with that effing guy. Uh, because he wanted to go to the Raiders? No, no, no. Gruden wanted to stick with Carr. I mean, if anything, Gruden should have been fired for not getting uh, Tom Brady anyways. But I digress. The Raiders are a big Super Bowl liability for a lot, and I just don't understand it. Their win total is 8.5. Sure, they could surprise, but how the hell are they getting to the playoffs? They got the fourth quarterback in the division, fourth quote-unquote best. Defensively, Third, so let's go see with this new VEASAN NFL betting guide out. Let's see what our analysts at VEASAN have to say about this. All right, to win the division, AFC West, one, two, three, four, five Chargers, five think the Chargers are going to win, two think the Chiefs are going to win, and one for the Raiders. Hmm, interesting. Okay, now some of these guys are based in Vegas. I just want to let you know that. Brett Musburger, by the way, has the Chargers and the Chiefs getting to the and the yeah Chargers and the Chiefs getting to the playoffs and the Broncos. You gotta love Brett Musburger, right? And there's a guy that was doing radio for the Raiders. He doesn't have the Raiders Raiders in there. Okay, so the AFC West Chargers is who these guys are going with. Mike Pritchard, who comes on the show, love him. He's got the Chargers. Wes Reynolds will be on the show. Chargers. Von Tobel has the Raiders. Mitch Moss. And Dave Tooley have the Chiefs. But a lot going on here with the Chargers. They like the Chargers. Wild card. Who has the Broncos going? All right, Steve Mackinnon. There's one of our seven. Count them. Make it, uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, eight analysts. 
One of our analysts has the Broncos. Two of our analysts, Mitch Moss has the Broncos. Musburger has the Broncos as a wild card. So three of the eight analysts in the VEASAN expert prediction section, three of the eight have the Broncos getting there. None of them have them getting to the AFC uh, or to the Super Bowl. Three of them have the Bills winning. There's also Chargers, Titans, and Colts. A couple are on the Colts, and I don't mind that call. JVT and Matt Humans. So, back to the Raiders. I just don't understand it, and I will continue not to understand it. They made a couple of additions defensively. Is Josh McDaniel all of a sudden going to turn into the greatest coach in the world? Is that why people are on them? I just don't understand it. And the updated odds here on Bet Rivers, Broncos 9-1 to one to win the AFC. Chargers 7.5-1, to one, Chiefs 5.5-1, to one, Bills heavy, heavy favorites, plus 325. So, again, I look at the divisional odds. Three teams. Now the Chiefs are, are the favorites at plus 170. Then it's Chargers 225, Broncos 270. Nothing's moved here. And the Raiders plus 650. The numbers are telling us that the Raiders should not just be in the mix as much. So I think the books are about to make a lot of money on everybody that decided to put money behind the Raiders to do something. Because I'm not buying it. We'll see if Wes Reynolds is buying it. He's not. I'll tell you that right now. He's not buying it either. Wes Reynolds, VEASAN. We're going to talk about, um, I know the AFC South. Get some thoughts on him or from him on the Broncos as well. I'm Holden from VEASAN. Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers continues in a moment. Kickoff football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook all season long. Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for all football-related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. You must be 21. Got to be located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please call. 1-800-522-4700. Wes Reynolds from the Mothership, from VEASAN joining us here. Yes, Wes, uh, when I worked with you out in Vegas, you were getting done with the college football uh, betting guide, and now you have finally completed the NFL betting guide. Congratulations. You got through it, and you're alive. Yeah, we're, we're excited to be done with it. Obviously, it's a lot of writing and, you know, 300 I don't even know how many pages the, the NFL betting guide was I know the college was like about 330 but you know just to get it done it takes a village to write a, a, a football betting guide and it absolutely did so credit to all the crew and all of our great writers and our editors our guys doing the format so we got it out as of this morning the the uh, pro football I should say betting guide I guess we're not allowed to say NFL so hopefully no attorneys okay. are listening Okay, no attorneys listening. Don't worry about it. Let's get into the AFC South and NFC South. These are the two divisions that you broke down that I'm, I'm obligated to ask you about the Broncos in just a little bit. But, Wes, uh, the more I dug into the Colts, the more I'm finally understanding why everybody's on them. When I saw that Matt Ryan was the second most accurate deep ball passer last year, that blew me away. Mm -hmm. Now you throw him in there with Pittman and an all-star defense and the best running back in the game, one of the top two. 
I mean, where are you standing on the Colts right now? Minus 125 to win the South. Yeah, and I did bet that at even money. I still think at 125, it's probably still worth it. Uh, if you look at this team last year, they started 0-3, rebounded, looked like they were going to make the playoffs, but absolutely crapped out in the final two weeks. Uh, eight and a half point favorites at home to the Raiders. They lose outright. 14 point favorites at Jacksonville. They lose outright. So Carson Wentz was the scapegoat. Look, he certainly has to shoulder a lot of the blame here, but he was the scapegoat. You bring in Matt Ryan. I think that that's at least a little bit of an upgrade. Colts now have their fourth starting quarterback, by the way, in four seasons. I believe yesterday, because we're recording here on a Thursday, yesterday was the three-year anniversary of Andrew Luck announcing his retirement. So mm. they've had Brissett, Rivers, Wentz, and now Matt Ryan. And when you looked at Wentz's numbers last year, they really weren't bad, but it was the decision-making at really crucial standpoints that I think kind of cost the chance for the Colts to be in the playoffs. Uh you know, Colts are the rightful favorite in this division, but they haven't won this division since 2014. They've only won one playoff game since Chris Ballard's tenure at GM, who's widely praised around the league, and I think somewhat rightfully so. But he came in in 2017. They've only won one playoff game. So you've got the best roster, I think, in the division. Somebody's got to emerge as that top receiver. We think it's going to be Michael Pittman. Can Paris Campbell stay healthy? What are they going to get out of Alec Pierce? the second rounder out of Cincinnati. But one of the things they want to do is I think they want to throw the ball a little bit more hold. And if you look, they didn't have a ton of balance, even though the percentages would indicate so. The Colts only threw the ball on 52.5% of their offensive plays last season. That was the fifth lowest mark in the league. And if you really go down the stretch, Jonathan Taylor was the absolute workhorse. So he's still going to be. He's not going to be on a total pitch count here. But they don't want to, I think, overload him. So I think you're going to look for, if you're a fantasy player, a little bit of a prop player, Naeem Hines, who's the number two running back, his rush attempts and his pass attempts went down last season, but the yards per attempt and the yards per catch went up. So Hines is going to be a guy that I think that they're going to want to rely on a little bit more. Defensively, Gus Bradley comes in, so you got to think, okay, they're going to get more pressure on the quarterback, and that's why uh, they brought in Ngakwe, from the Raiders for that trade. They're waiting on Darius Leonard to uh, get back. He has had a couple surgeries. Actually, Shaquille Leonard, he's going by his uh, uh, true first yes. name. But they're waiting on him to come back. And, you know, I, I think probably very early in the season he should be back. Stephon Gilmore comes in as a veteran for the secondary. Started just three games in Carolina. Has missed 14 games and injuries last two seasons. But he's a defensive player of the year from 2019. I still think at 31, he's still got solid football. But the secondary, which struggled at times last year, struggled mainly because they couldn't get pressure on the passer. I think they were one of the bottom eight in the league in terms of overall sacks. And that's a lot because they played a different scheme. They played a lot of zones. So you just anticipate. And this is something that I look at a lot, Holden, is how a team did in one score games last season. They were two and five, the Colts last year. So you got to think, okay, maybe there's some regression of the positive. Whereas you look at the Tennessee Titans, the number two choice in the division, they were six and one in games decided by three or less. So you're thinking, okay, they got a little lucky last year. So maybe that's going to come back to earth here in 2022. All right. And then you also did the NFC South. And a lot of people just look at this and they pencil in the Bucks. Heavy, heavy, heavy favorites, minus 278. Can you make a case for the Saints? 
Well, you're not going to make a case for the Panthers and Falcons. Can you make a case for the Saints at plus 340, or is this is Brady's division again? I think it's Tampa's the rightful favorite, but I absolutely at least think you can make a case for the Saints to go over that win total. Uh, yeah, I can't believe the market is really so lukewarm on them at eight and a half. Uh, I know they have a new coach, Sean Payton leaves, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator now takes over. We know Dennis Allen's first coaching stint in Oakland was a disaster. They were 8-28 from uh, 2012 to 2014. But this is a more ready-made team. This is one of the better defenses in the league. Uh, you're getting the 2019 NFL Offensive Player of the Year, Michael Thomas, back, who hasn't played a full season in two years. But he's looked good in camp, and he's looked healthy. Uh, the offense last year is actually the worst in Sean Payton's tenure. I think they were 28th in total offense. A lot of that was, you know, when Jameis Winston first started last year, they kind of had the training wheels on him a little bit. And besides the fact that you had Thomas out, you had some other injuries at receivers. So it was very, you know, basic, vanilla type offense. But Winston proved he could develop and he can make the safe play at times instead of just slinging it all over the place, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. But if you look at the Saints, they won nine games last year, Holden, despite the fact that they had four different starting quarterbacks. Remember, they had Winston, they had Taysom Hill, they had Trevor Simeon, Ian Book had that disastrous Monday night game against the Dolphins. So now that you have Jameis kind of in the fold where they're not trying that Taysom Hill, you know, Sean Payton was bound and determined to make him a starting quarterback there in New Orleans. And that was his pet project. It just never worked out. I think the new offensive coordinator, and actually he's not a new offensive coordinator. He's been there the entire tenure, but he's the new play caller, that being Pete Carmichael. I think he might want to loosen the reins a little bit on Jameis Winston. Just that talent at receiver, not only with Thomas coming back, but Chris Olave got drafted in the first round. Jarvis Landry re-signs uh, New Orleans' native son. It looks like Alvin Kamara is going to be able to avoid you know, the maximum discipline that we thought was going to happen for that incident out here in Vegas during the Pro Bowl week. But, look, I think the offense is going to come along. The defense is going to be ready-made. This was one of the better defenses in the league last year. I expect that it'll be the same here in 2022. All right, so let me just discuss the West with you. Then I got one other thing, AFC West, that is. Um, nobody, none of the, the panel, what was it, eight guys in the sheet had – the Broncos winning the West, totally understand that. Now I'm seeing that the Raiders are getting tons of money that are down uh, as far as winning the Super Bowl, tons of liability for the sports books. I mean, that's nuts right now, and everybody's on the Chargers. So <laughs> yeah. you break this AFC West down. There's so many different directions. I'll just leave it to you. Yeah, I, I, and look, I understand what the Raiders, because I do think that that price is kind of big at plus 650 so if you're going by the price that might be the default in terms of like a little bit of line value if you want to call it that just because their offense is going to be really good now the defense that's still going to be a work in progress new coordinator patrick graham comes in from the giants and a little bit of a new scheme i am one of the chorus that are on the chargers this year just because i think justin herbert finally gets to play with the same coach and the same offensive coordinator a second consecutive year for the first time since his high school senior year up there in Eugene, Oregon. He always had that change up there when, you know, he started with uh, Mark Helfrick, who was part of the Chip Kelly tree, and then Willie Taggart, and then Mario Cristobal. Then he gets to be a rookie for the Chargers, and he had Anthony Lynn. Now he has Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi as the offensive coordinator. So I just think that 
cohesiveness is going to be good for the Chargers. They added a lot on defense. They still got to be a little bit better against the run. That's the one weakness for this team. So I did bet them for the Super Bowl. The Denver bet I have for the Super Bowl was before Russell Wilson uh, ended up being traded there, where I got it at 25 to 1. That was just saying, okay, they're going to get some kind of quarterback that's not Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. So even if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, it's a little bit of an upgrade. But sure enough, they get Russell Wilson. And we know that Denver's going to be able to run the ball. They've been able to run the ball for pretty much almost their entire existence as a franchise. So they will find a way to do that. Uh, I think, you know, this is such a really tight division that everybody's kind of selling the Chiefs, but I don't think the Chiefs necessarily got worse. I just think everybody else got better. So this is going to be a fun division. I expect throughout the season, if you're going game-by-game basis, you're going to gradually see these totals go up because all four of these teams can throw the football, and that's why you saw all these teams on defense load up on pass rushers either in free agency the draft or the trade market Wes anything going on the preseason are you invested in anything yet or is it just time to get to the regular season well uh, it's a little bit of the latter I'm still doing a little bit of preseason stuff but I'll tell you what I have been doing which a lot of betters don't like to do and I don't know why because I think maybe they don't like to bet preseason they're a little skittish because you know you got third and fourth teamers that are deciding the fate of your bet in the fourth quarter I know that that becomes just kind of a coin flip and just hold on and hope you get there. But what you've been seeing, number one, the steam has actually been winning. And usually I don't recommend to chase steam, but if you've been doing it in the preseason, you've been getting there. But one of the things I think betters don't take advantage of holding in the preseason are teasers. You know, you would think, okay, you're going to get a bunch of funky scores. You're getting all these different people playing different times and whatnot. But When you have these really super low totals, and this week I think the totals have gone down a little bit from what we saw in week two simply because you're getting the dress rehearsal game for most of these teams here in week three. So what that means is you're not only getting the first team offense, but you're getting the first team defense. So like last week, all the totals seemed like they were in the 40s. Now you're getting some back in the mid-30s and whatnot. And when you get these lower totals, I think that provides even more value on teasers, you know, especially with the uh, quote unquote key numbers. So that's a lot of what I'm doing a lot. I haven't done a lot of pre-flop. I've done a lot of second half because these numbers move so fast because they move on information where it's like, okay, first unit for this team is going to play a quarter and a half or they're going to play three series or whatever. So these numbers move so fast just because there's not as much money in the market as they will be certainly in the regular season. Yeah, I've had a ton of success betting the preseason. And honestly, I'm a little shocked. Um, And chasing steam, I'm telling you right now, it's not the worst idea. Like I saw, um, I I was not going to bet Minnesota and Denver till the end of the week anyway, so I know what's going on with the starters. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, we had a a a two-and-a-half-point dog with the Vikings, and now they're laying a a point-and-a-half. So, again, there's sharp guys that are betting the preseason, and it's the only time we're going to know who's playing and the coaches are telling us, right? Yeah, and, and it moves, and it moves obviously, on a Monday when this information starts to come out. So, mm-hmm. you know, I recommend if you're betting, you know, in terms of just the basic side and the total, not necessarily just derivative markets or teasers or anything like that, either bet it early or bet it late. You know, that's what I kind of recommend with preseason going forward. All right, my friend, Uh, what do we got coming up here? Football season, 
We don't want to say too much, but you're going to be able to see a lot of Wes Reynolds, correct? And read a lot of Wes Reynolds this season. Yeah, we'll be we'll be announcing that, I believe, at the start of next week. And look, uh, we're starting week zero, so we get a little appetizer. We got seven on-the-board games and a couple FCS games as well. And then, obviously, we get to the real McCoy uh, September 4th, I believe, on Saturday. So uh, first week of college, next week will be the last week of preseason when it's just basically, okay, who's the last two guys that are going to get on a roster around the league? And then we get to the real deal uh, second week of September. Oh, so are you on Wyoming plus 11? I am not. I have not bet that okay. game actually yet. I do have a couple college plays I can give before we go. Sure. A couple things I did bet. I did bet UConn, and I know this is hold your nose. I know how bad UConn has been. I bet mm. plus 27 and a half, actually, against Utah State. There's a lot of 27, I think, still out there in the market. Jim Mora Jr. takes over at UConn. So that was kind of like, oh, that hire came out of nowhere. But he's actually been very good at hiring some East Coast staff. He does have a new quarterback, Taquan Roberson, who you might have saw had a cup of coffee at Penn State. He got overwhelmed in that game against Iowa, that game where they were both in the top five and undefeated because Clifford got hurt and you put him on the road against one of the best defenses in the country. But this guy's a really good athlete. He's a really a good upgrade at quarterback for UConn. UConn last year in this scenario got blown out 45 to nothing by Fresno State. But there's a lot of turnover for Utah State. so And Utah State also, by the way, has a team named Alabama uh, the following week down there in Tuscaloosa. So are they going to be a, a little bit more vanilla offensively? So I played UConn. I played the under 55 North Texas and UTEP. UTEP's a slower tempo team. I choose to kind of take the slower tempo team against the faster tempo team, which is North Texas. So I like the under there. And then I'm on the chorus. I hope we all aren't being lambs led to slaughter here, but I'm on New Mexico State. I didn't get it at the best number. <laughs> I didn't take the 14, but, you know, these numbers are going to move on a lot less money, I think, that first week because you have some betters that are going to wait for the following Saturday. But I took nine and a half, and I did get a little 10. It's at nine right now. Nevada, the Wolfpack, total turnover here. Uh, Jay Norvell left, took pretty much the entire staff with him. Cupboard's a little bit bare up in Reno this year. All right. Thank you, Wes Reynolds. Uh, great work once again. Thanks to our producer here. By the way, follow Wes on Twitter, at Wes Reynolds one the number one. Thanks to Stephen Jung, our producer. I'm Holden. I'll be back tomorrow with more of the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.